0: Everyone, welcome back. We have a really fun show today. We are going to stick with what we started last week with answering your emails. We do get a ton of emails. Um, And when Julie and I start receiving the same emails, or rather, uh, you know, everyone asking similar questions, we're going to obviously use that as an opportunity to drill down on a podcast about that particular topic. The question that we received, um, Julie and I both, over the last couple weeks that we're going to be drilling down on today is specifically what type of time of day is it best to prospect. And we're going to talk about, you know, Maybe some techniques as well, different things you can be doing to make it so that you uh, have a better chance of increasing the likelihood – hey, Julie, welcome to today's show – increasing the likelihood of having success during your uh, prospecting time. Um, But I want to start out by sharing with you a couple of rules. So everyone write these down, Um, and remember I told you this, okay? Generally speaking, when somebody asks, when is the best time to uh, phone prospect, the reason they're asking that question – is they're trying to avoid doing it. Now, I know that sounds convoluted. Julie, can you explain why is that true?
1: Yeah, because it doesn't really matter what answer you give them. They have just built in their excuse that they're either not available at that time, they tried that time but it didn't work, or any number of other outs that are built into their subconscious. They probably wouldn't admit to it. But as uh, coaches who have each had hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, we know what you're up to when you ask that question. So I would call it creative avoidance at best.
0: Yes, so that's basically it, and that is what uh, the bottom line is. So if you're listening to today's podcast, and we're going through all this you know, detailed information for you, and you tell yourself, well, too bad Tim and Julie told me the to prospect during this specific time of day, that's when I take my kids to school. Well, I'm going to really help you as much as I can psychologically, and I'm going to try to save you some learning curve here. You probably never will succeed in real estate if that's your approach. I mean, how would, why do we want to as a coach, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to soft pedal your ego into believing that your approach to real estate is going to work. One of the biggest lies that are told to real estate agents, and I know why it's done, one of the biggest lies is, is that you can succeed your own way in real estate. You can bring your own creative energies. And there's so many different ways to succeed in real estate. That's one of the best things about it because you can be creative. You could, you know, decide when you're going to work, how you're going to work, all the rest of it. If your definition of succeeding in real estate is making a profit, if your definition of succeeding in real estate is making a profit enough that someday you'll be rich where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. If your definition of succeeding in real estate is actually to have a real business that produces, like I said, a lot of profit, there really is not a bunch of different ways to do it. That's just a lie. Now, why do people tell you that lie? They tell you that lie because they don't want to tell you the truth because, A, they probably don't know it. By they, I mean the office managers. I mean the brokers. And I know this is going to sound hypocritical or not even hypocritical, but you guys are going to be skeptics of what I'm about to say, but I'm talking about the other coaches. I'm talking about other trainers. They will tell you that lie because they themselves have never sold real estate, and they don't know any different. And I'll also tell you the other reason that all these different people and entities tell you that lie because they don't want to offend you because most times their agenda is not in alignment with your ultimate success. What do I mean by that? Okay, stay with me here. Stay with me on this line of thinking because it's going to save you a lot of consternation in the future. If somebody is trying to sell you something for your real estate practice, which everybody is, including us. I mean, obviously, we sell coaching. But if someone's trying to sell you a CRM or this, the other thing, the last thing they're going to do is tell you the types of things that we tell you because they're fearful that they'll offend you. And if you're offended, you're not going to buy whatever it is that they have for sale. I mean, it's that simple. And furthermore, your brokers and the office managers, they're in a very disingenuous – how do I say this? i sounding like too harsh. They don't want to tell you the truth, assuming they know it, because they don't want to run you off. There's the bottom line. I mean, the worst job in a real estate brokerage is trying to get agents to join your real estate brokerage. And they know statistically – here's this little fun fact for you. Eighty percent, something like that, of all the homes sold in four years will be sold by agents – who have yet to get their real estate licenses. In other words, the industry turns over so fast with new people that most brokers and office managers who've been in the business for any amount of time, they know that your lifespan in this industry is measured in, you know, seconds really in the scheme of things. And they're not going to overinvest in you. They have no faith and confidence that you're going to listen. And Additionally, I have have news for you too. If someone's in like an office manager, the reason that they have us come in, office managers and brokers, and talk to you guys is because they know we're going to tell them the things that they would like to tell the agents, but they can't because they're fearful that you guys will quit. They're not fearful that you'll quit because you're so valuable to the company, because most of you don't sell in much, hardly at all, to be valuable. But they're fearful that they'll quit because they're all held to standards as how many agents they have to have in the office, not what the agent's production is. Do, are you listening to me, listeners? Does this make any remote sense to you? That's the world that you're operating in. That's real estate. So if you're going to be successful in real estate, if you are going to build a successful real estate practice that's going to create lots and lots of profit, and with that profit, you can actually completely change the trajectory of your life. You can have freedom financially in your life. If that really is truly your goal, which by the way, it is if you really drilled on it and think about it, your goal is not to have to ever think half. You want to get to a point in your life where money is essentially – it's not even a concern of yours anymore because you have so much money coming in from the investments that you've created for yourself from all your having done the right thing in real estate, you know, having done what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do it at the highest level. So, for someone, for anyone, for all these entities to tell you that you have, you know, you can do it a million different ways, that's one of the wonderful things about real estate. This is the type of reason that so many of you fail because you're thinking that's true because you're not really seeing through what their essential motivation is to telling you those sort of feel-good things. Do you guys understand what we're doing here? So on Julie and I's podcast, we really do our best to tell you what you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it at the highest level, so that you'll finally do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, because we know that's the truth. So when it comes to prospecting, there's nothing more in real estate probably that you don't want to do more than prospecting. I get it. And I've got news for you. You'll always feel that way. Now, to a lessening degree, for sure. But you'll never feel like prospecting. So stop trying to feel like prospecting. That's a thought for you. So stop asking when the best time to call is, we're going to tell you. Stop asking then, do I have to feel a certain way? Stop thinking that you have to get yourself in some sort of psychological peak, you know, motivation and passionate and all these other sort of silly emotions in order for you to be successful prospecting because that's what comes after the time of day. So as soon as you've accepted what we're going to tell you as far as the time of day thing, the next email you're going to send us about 90 days after you don't start prospecting again is going to be, well, how do I get myself motivated to do it? I just don't feel like doing it. You will never feel like doing it. So now what I'm doing is for those of you who are going to be receptive to what Julie has to present to you with regards to the time of day, now I'm saving all of you the effort from having to think of what your next reason is going to be not to do it, okay? Do you understand, listeners, what we're doing here? We're telling you the truth. We're telling you the truth, even though most of you I know won't do it, and we're telling you the truth, even though I know none of you want to hear it. I get it. I would feel the same exact way if I were you, but the difference is I would still do it. I did it. I do it, (laughs) right? I mean, guys, listen. The bottom line truth about real estate is there, there are not a million ways or you can't – your job of as a real estate business owner is not just to pop in you know, the real estate world and start taking a little bit from here and taking a little bit from there. Go to this Facebook group, get an idea. Oh, you're going to try this? Why would you do that if you were a serious business owner? The reason that most people fail at starting their own businesses like selling real estate because you're in essence starting your own business It's because you don't follow one course until successful, which is focus, right? So if you were to think of yourself as uh, buying a franchise, let's say you're going to buy any kind of franchise, you would be forced to follow a certain set of business standards, business rules. You're literally everything with every thought that you would have about how to structure your business in your day is going to have already been thought out by somebody else. The number of franchises that succeed versus the number of small business owners who start their own business and succeed, they're not even even on the same planet. You will have so much of a better likelihood of succeeding if you follow a proven path, like a franchise. So hopefully you're understanding the point I'm making here. You do not have the time, nor do you have the experience, nor do you have the finances to try to figure out how to do it your own way. So if you're going to succeed, if you want the highest likelihood of succeeding in real estate, the one path you have to follow is going to be the one path that's going to have the highest likelihood of getting you there, and chances are a lot of the things along, those pa- along that path will be things that you do not want to do. That is called being an adult, right? That is called being uh, a successful business owner, and I challenge all of you. When you're coming up against these prospecting thoughts, when you're trying to think of all the creative reasons why you're not going to do it, and I know some of the analytical minded out out there, God bless you, are going to come up with even longer lists, but you've got to realize at the end of the day, all you're doing is avoiding the real work in real estate. You're not going to be able to buy your leads to success. You're not going to be able to delegate all the heavy lifting. That's the other stupid thing that people do. They hire a bunch of Filipino VAs to make prospecting calls and circle prospecting, whatever, whatever. Come on, guys, let's stop procrastinating doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Let's start actually doing the real work in real estate so we can start experiencing the real results that, you know, have frankly evaded most of you and will evade most of you for your careers because you're never willing to actually do the real work. Julie, did I deliver it as truthfully as I could have?
1: <laughs> I was thinking as you were speaking that, you know, these guys worry a lot about learning objection handlers. Coaches have to learn objection handlers, too, handling all of our listeners' objections. (laughs) So it's just uh, systematic objection elimination today. So this question of when is the best time to call comes in several flavors that our listeners ask and our coaching clients ask. Uh, We hear this on Premier Coaching from time to time. When is the best time to do your lead follow-up to prospect unrepresented sellers, otherwise known as for sale by owners? When's the best time of day to go after expires? When's the best time of day to contact probate leads? When's the best time of day to pop in on builders or developers? Okay, now what they are really asking is when is the perfect time of day or day of the week to call where is what they think will happen if we hit that magic hour. Everybody's going to pick up and you'll totally avoid voicemail. Everyone will be in a fantastic mood and only say yes to you. You'll hear absolutely no objections The prospect will practically close themselves and you'll set a qualified appointment on every single call. Isn't this the quintessential question on every salesperson's mind? Some of you guys present this question by saying, you know, I know this person that does prospect and they just seem to set so many more appointments. They must be calling at a special time of day or day of the week. So it's not just us. There are people that study prospecting like our fellow author and friend, uh, Jeb Blunt, fanatical prospecting. He wrote, the 30-day rule says that the prospecting you do during this 30-day period will pay off over the next 90 days. Now, you guys know that by looking at your whiteboards, those of you who follow the coaching in Premier Coaching, where you're tracking your pendings and your closings. Look at those addresses and ask yourself, when was the first time that you talked to them? Okay, so the 30-day rule says it's a simple but powerful universal rule that governs sales, and if you ignore it, you ignore it at your peril. When you internalize the rule, it drives you to never put prospecting aside for another day. The implication of the 30-day rule is simple. Miss a day of prospecting, and it will bite you in the next 90 days. Miss a week, and you'll feel it in your commission checks. And when you blow off the entire month, you have just blown your quarter. So stay out of that slump. Don't wake up every 90 days feeling desperate. Okay? So here's the answer to what's the magical hour. Here it is. It's the number nine. Is it 9 a.m.? Is it 9 p.m.? No, it's from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. all day, every day. That is all the best time to call. So stop convincing yourself that every hour is the wrong hour and reset your mindset to the fact that every hour is when you should be generating business. Do you not call in the morning because you don't want to disturb them when they're getting ready for work, getting their kids out the door, or because you're doing that? Do you not call at lunch because you don't want to bug them at lunch? More accurately, you don't want to prospecting prospect during your lunch you see how we hear all this stuff some of you are turning red right now because it's like we're talking to you do you not call after lunch because nobody ever answers them everybody's at work or because you're a poor time manager and get sucked into the afternoon drama yourself and never actually prioritize lead generation do you not call at night because you don't want to bug them before dinner during dinner after dinner during your dinner (laughs) the list goes on So stop procrastinating and start generating. Your number one job in real estate is to find more people each and every day whom you can help. This is where profit comes from. Now I go into this in great detail in the new book, Harris Rules, that I think is out officially June 3rd. Uh, But you can pre-order that now. I'm giving you the podcast version. Okay. So You know, there's something called the dollar cost average approach, like a successful investor uses dollar cost averaging so they invest consistently without too much attachment to whether they're up or down today. That's exactly like prospecting. You do it daily and it will work out for you over time. The accumulation effect in real estate prospecting is exactly like dollar cost averaging in investing but you've got to have some rules. Remember the name of the book is Harris Rules. So rules for prospecting, there are four simple ones, and then in the book I think there's 20 at the end of that chapter. But let's start with number one. Set aside dedicated hours of power for your regular prospecting schedule. Take it as seriously as you would a listing presentation. You don't reschedule those, do you? I hope not. You don't do other stuff instead of your listing appointments, do you? So you've got to take this as seriously as that, And honestly, it doesn't matter what time you set aside as long as you do it. Point number two, or rule number two, set aside one weekday evening and one weekend morning to reach people who seem unavailable during the week. This just makes sense. Maybe they are at work. Maybe they can't take calls at work. Keep track when you're calling them. If you're always calling between 10 a.m. and noon because that's the time that you've set aside to be serious about this, but you always hit voicemail, Probably they're at work. So, those are the types of people you call on a weekday evening or a weekend morning, or maybe even do a pop by on a weekend morning. Saturday morning, people are at home. Point number three is always something that amazes me. Some of you guys have been told not to leave messages. This seems crazy to me. Do leave messages, but always something of value, a call to action, and a close. And we did, I know that we did an entire podcast about how to leave messages. So we can dig that out, and we'll talk about it in well, your coaching let's, as but
0: let's, well. Let's, let's throw ahead. a preface on there, okay, because here's what a lot of them will do, and you know this too, Julie, is they're going to do their mm-hmm. damnedest. I promise you half of them are thinking this thought as I laugh out loud to myself. They're going to do their damnedest to make sure they call when they only hadn't hit voicemail. In other words,
1: <laughs> right. you guys they're are going to praying to the voicemail to gods. To-
0: Exactly. Ring, ring. Oh, please have it be a voicemail so I can do what Coach Tim and Julie said and just leave a message so I don't actually have to talk to anybody. No, that is not the point. And leaving messages does not count. This is a contact sport. In other words, your contacts are the number of people that you're supposed to speak with every single day. For, and here's the simple formula for this. You guys can, oh, by the way, get the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is one of our books. It's our fill-in-the-blank business plan. You need to get the Real Estate Treasure Map uh, for free, and here's how you do it. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, text the word Harris, H-A-R-H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and you're also going to be getting six books, one of which is the Real Estate Treasure Map. In the Real Estate Treasure Map, when you open up, you get a digital version of it. I want you to print out the entire book. It's not huge, but it's not small. It's a fill-in-the-blank business plan. You're going to get to something called the Real Estate Magic Number. The Real Estate Magic Number is the number of listings you need to have at all times in order to meet and exceed your financial goals. Staying with me here, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You will when you text the word Harris to 31996. Now, one of the little punchlines of the Real Estate Magic Number, as relevant to today's uh, podcast, is the fact that your a magic number, let's say you need to have 10 listings at all times, and the number of contacts you make uh, every day should be the same. I don't know, nor do I care to know, frankly, why it works out that way. But if if your magic number is five and you make five solid contacts every single day, somehow, I think it's psychological to be honest with you, you have a tendency not just to make the number of contacts you're supposed to make every day. In other words, you hold yourself to that standard, but you actually get to your magic number faster. So if you're, you know, now obviously if you're starting out from zero with no listings, you're going to have to exceed whatever your magic number is to build the momentum, the plane taking off analogy, which, you know, essentially that's it. You, jet uses its most fuel when it's trying to clear the ground, break, you know, get up to cruising altitude. Well, you're going to have to put in all kinds of efforts, and again, that's all laid out in the real estate treasure map that you get for free for texting the word Harris to three one nine nine six. But for the rest of you who have momentum or have already accepted the fact that you have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, remember the thing I just told you. The number of contacts you need to make every single day is commensurate equals to the number, your magic number, number of listings that you have. And the only way you're going to know what your magic number is is to do the real estate treasure map, which you get for free by texting the word Harris to 31996. So hopefully that helps all of you along the way of figuring all this out. And by the way, a contact, by definition – is a conversation with a decision-making adult, (laughs) okay? So be clear about that. Julie?
1: Yes, and related to this conversation about leaving messages is rule number four. Do not use weak language like just following up, just touching base, just checking in. It doesn't actually say anything and doesn't count. That's not prospecting. It's not even lead follow-up. You have to ask for what you want. Tell them that you have what they want and close, so we, we do a lot of work with this and with our scripting in Premier Coaching. So the difference between, hey, just following up, call me when you're ready, which never gets anybody to call back, versus reminding them why they know you, unless it's obvious, right? So I met you in an open house two weeks ago. When we talked, you said you wanted a three-bedroom, two-bath in the XYZ school district. I have three of those that meet your criteria that just popped up today. I'm dying to make sure that you're the first one to see them because I know it meets your criteria. I've got 4 p.m. available today or 10 a.m. on Saturday. Call me back and let me know which works best for you. So I've got a reminder, a call to action, and I've got what they want. So if they said they wanted this and this and that, you've got to tell them that you have it, which also means that you have to have been proactive finding it. Now that was on a buyer example. On listing leads, you can talk about some recent sales in the neighborhood that you should be interested in which affect the potential sale price of your home. Call me back today so I can give you the detail on that. Something of value that makes them want to call you back. Some of our listeners have stopped doing the, uh, the calls or stopped doing them urgently because they used to do it, but they left weak messages and they never got results. So they figure, well, you know, they'll call me when they're ready. It's your job to provide value so that you're the one they choose when they are ready they don't know that unless you literally tell them so that's a little bit about leaving messages of course do it but it also has to do with how you go about it so here's a quote from you tim if you have yet to enjoy the income required to meet or exceed the goals of you and your family you simply haven't figured out how to help enough people at a high enough level that really is true you just haven't figured out how to help enough people at a high enough level. Long-term, ever-increasing success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, but also doing it at the highest level possible. I have a section in the book which, which literally takes every stage of uh, things that make you profit in real estate. So you've got lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we literally break down what it means to do that at the highest level what does it mean not just to do, say, you're pre-qualifying when you don't feel like doing it because maybe it makes you a little uncomfortable to actually ask a seller if they're talking to other agents. It's not just about doing it. We talk about in the book how to do it at the highest level. And a little bit of it is scripting. A little bit is building rapport. A lot of it is taking action, being urgent. And we talk about what does it mean to present at the highest level. That's why you have to have a pre-listing package, for example. If you're not Going to listing presentations after sending a pre-listing package, you simply are not doing your listings at the highest level, period. There's no argument against that. Would you agree with that, Tim?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm tired of coddling to their egos, to be honest with you. I'm tired of basically <laughs> having them, well, I am. It's gross, and we can't be doing it, and we don't do it. But I'm really tired of the uh, amount of, uh, frankly, ego stroking that goes on in this industry at your at your at, it's your basic law of life that the more praise that you seek, the more praise, generally speaking, you'll get from the, from people that are the least likely to have your best interest in mind. The more external validation you look for, the more you're going to find people aligning themselves to give you that external validation that absolutely have no interest in actually whether or not you'll succeed. If you are finding yourself – Where is this coming from? Because the reasons why you don't want to hear what we're telling you and the reasons why other people don't want to hear what we're telling you, I don't think that most other people, frankly, know. That might sound arrogant on my part, but look, we've been doing this for so long, I have to think that a vast majority of the people out there that are in the positions of influencing agents – If they knew what we know, they would have told you already. I don't think they know what we know because they've never done what we have done. They've never coached agents to actually do what they didn't want to do when they didn't want to do at the highest level. I was on another podcast recently, and Toby Salgado at Super Agents Live, he actually introduced me, and it's true, probably, I don't know, but probably as having coached more agents who have become millionaires, Julie and I, than any other coach has. You know what? I bet you that is true. Because our focus has always been on profit and getting you guys to the point where you're rich, where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. Ego is, the de- is going to destroy your potential. Ego is where you're looking for validation. Now, here's the thing, how this sneaks into this particular topic you will find virtually no support in your own ecosystem your real estate world for people who are prospecting for you to prospect you will have to you will not find anyone in your office anyone on your facebook groups anyone anywhere that's going to reinforce that because they don't want to do it and when they see you doing it or talking about doing it even though duh, it's going to obviously work. I mean, if you want a listing, why don't you call a seller who's got their hand up in the air right now and said, please help me sell my house, an expired listing, and yet agents don't call them or for sale by owner or all these other sources we teach you to call. Everyone intuitively knows that you obviously, if you're serious about real estate, you're going to go after the people who have their hands in their air saying, please help me sell my house. And yet what do agents do? Everything possible to avoid actually confronting the fact that they don't have any actual sales skills. Avoid the fact that they are terrified of hearing the word no. That is what most of you think is the way you're supposed to run your business. That's not a business, assuming you want to run a a for-profit business. If you want to run a non-profit business, go for it. So when you're hearing what Julie and I have to say, if you're feeling any point of resistance – you have to, in your mind, remove that feeling of re- resistance and ask yourself, why am I resisting what the Harrises are telling me? Why is it that I'm resisting what they're saying? You need, to, you need to deal with that. You need to really drill down on that. Is it because you don't like the manner in which we delivered the message because maybe we were too direct? Get over it. It's still the truth. So why is it that you resisted? The answer is because you don't yet have the skills, because you have not worked past accepting the fact that you are indeed a salesperson that you are still having issues with all kinds of psychological garbage in your head that you think you have to clear out before you're going to start doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. But what I'm here to tell you is you will never have the right mi- mindset. You will never have the right level of motivation. Your dream board is never going to be done. You're never going to know your big damn, you know, your why. That's the other thing that just is disgusting. You have to know your big why in order to actually be successful. Horseshit! You don't need to know your big why. Your big why could change constantly. Most people's do. None of those things are true. You don't need to form a team and have your team culture. You don't need to have a fancy wet None of those things are true. Not completely not true, but 99% not true to the point where you don't need to even consider doing them. Some of our most successful real estate uh, coaching clients, guys, who are selling and making millions of dollars per year do not have any of those things. They might have a website, but they don't have teams. They don't waste their money doing all these trendy things. Because even though some of them resisted, they've all gravitated towards the idea that if they're serious about being successful in real estate, they're going to have to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. They're going to have to ultimately realize that when doing so, they're going to learn how to be of service not just to a couple people per year or like some of you, three or four people per year, but hundreds of people. Then over their careers, thousands of people. And they're, of that, they're willing to put themselves in a position every single day to hear the word no at least five times. When you start gravitating towards this way of thinking, your world is going to shift you're then going to start feeling different. Your mindset is going to change when you're in action moving in this direction. If you think you have to clear all your head junk before you move in this direction, you will never do it because you have too much head junk. Trust me when I tell you, the easiest way to explain this, and the reason that I want all of you to realize the whole mindset movement is just basically a big damn lie because they think you are being you are being sold to believe that for you to finally get around to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, you have to have all this head junk out of the way. And what I've learned from doing gazillions of coaching calls is the head junk never goes away. Not even when you are doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, it's still lingering back there. But what happens is over time it becomes less omnipresent in your mind. It becomes more muted. It becomes less influential, and then eventually. You have to search for the, you know, the old negative thought in your head even to find it because it's so quiet, It does, but it's always there. I promise you, you never completely get rid of it. But the way you do it, and this is an easy way to think of it, is if you had to go on a treadmill today and you had to run you know, a 5K, 3.1 miles, how many of you would actually want to do that? Probably none of you, and you have to do it within 30 minutes or less. Okay? How many of you would want to do it? Probably none of you would want to do it. Probably only a few of you, maybe even single digits of the tens of thousands that will listen to this podcast can even physically do it because most of you aren't even in the shape for it. But I get all that. But what, here's the thing that happens is when you start, even though you don't want to do it, oh, I got bad knees, I can't breathe, I'm too out of, out of shape, I'm worried this. you're going to come up, oh, okay, you set all that aside, dog, you have a whole bunch more of excuses, I didn't get enough sleep, I have allergies, I have all these other problems, I get it, set all those aside, your ass is on that treadmill, I promise you, every single one of you, even though you don't want to do it, after maybe, worst case scenario, 15 or 20 minutes, something psychological starts to shift in your brain, because your body is in motion, and when your body is in motion, then your thoughts follow your, mo- your body in motion, Do you understand the difference of how Julie and I are wanting you to understand you get success in life versus what everyone else is telling you? We're telling you to get in physical action and motion, and then your thoughts will change. Do not try to change your thoughts in order to get your body in physical action. Do you guys understand? Do you understand the ramifications of accepting what we're telling you is true? Because it is. The psychological... Mindset movement, woo-woo space has polluted virtually all of your potential because you've wasted so much time having just doing the thinking. You've wasted so much time doing the postulating and the thinking and the, you know, all the mental masturbation stuff that comes from all those types of processes. What you've avoided is the real work. What you don't realize, and what I'm telling you, and just accept it, even if you've never experienced it, accept it and then test it, okay? Is that your mindset about everything will change. Everything that you want to do that you've always wanted to do will change if you just start doing it, and then you're going to find that the resistance that you had in your mind about it will start to – it'll be there, but it'll start to become less and less dominant. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I realize this is a – a bridge far for many of you, but it is the truth. That means you can skip all the walking on coals. That means you can skip the dream boards. That means you can skip trying to discover your big why. That means you can skip all that stuff. You don't have to have a big long list of crap done before you finally actually start doing the real work. Just start doing the real work, and all the head junk that you were trying to clear out by doing all that psychological or pseudoscience stuff will just go away. Do you understand? Do some of you understand at least? Let us know. Send us an email, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Hopefully, we're on the right track for most of you. Hopefully, you're realizing that this industry is a blessing or, frankly, it could be a huge curse if you start tuning into the wrong frequency. Wrong frequency is mostly in your head. And then when you start basically having these you know, beliefs about your potential in the business or your beliefs about what it takes to be successful in this business, all these types of head junk things, you're going to find more reinforcement for that negative thinking. You're going to find more reinforcement for not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. As far as I know – in the real estate and business space in general, Julie, are the, Julie and I are the only ones that are telling you the absolute truth at our own detriment because the reality of it is is Julie and I could sell a lot more coaching programs if we were to make you feel good. That's how people have taught that's how people sell stuff. I would try to get you into some elevated mindset space where you feel good, and then I would try to make a sale. But I'm not going to do that because I think it's dishonest. I do. I want your motivation. I want your true mission in life to come from actually having done what you thought you could never do. That's where the motivation comes from because when you do that, even on a tiny little – you made one call today, excellent. Tomorrow, when you're back in that mindset malaise, when you're thinking you can't do it, when you're making excuses for being too busy, you're going to remember that you made that one contact yesterday and then you're going to do two the following day. And that after a month or two months, or maybe for you it takes a year, the actual doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it uh, at the highest level – becomes natural. It becomes intuitive. It becomes easier. Never easy. Julie and I prospected when we sold real estate. Never liked it a single day. Never liked it at all. But it became easier. It became less loathsome. Okay, That's different than enjoying it. Less loathsome, It's different than having had fun doing it. Completely different. But we accepted that that was a necessary part of essentially being in real estate and doing what we wanted to do ultimately with our lives. So hopefully you guys are on the same frequency. Emails if you have any questions. Let us know if we're on the right track. We are intentionally, as I promised you we were at the beginning of this year, trying to drill down farther, even though I am fearful, though I'm going to accept it. I already have that we're going to have potential less appeal to the masses because the message we're delivering is not going to have the massive appeal as maybe something that's going to be more generalized. But for those of you who are listening, those of you who get it, I'm hoping you understand why we're doing this because we are sincerely doing our best in this format on a podcast trying to help you. That's what our mission is. That's what we're doing. This is our doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do at the highest level. Though, frankly, this podcast has become – a good uh you know it's joyful for us we enjoy doing it so if there's anything that we can do for you email me directly tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com hey have a fantastic day and would you just please 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 consider what we're telling you is the truth because it is this program has been a presentation by tim and julie harris real estate coaching for more information on our real estate coaching and training programs